What's up? What's up? What's up, everyone? Welcome back to the official but unofficial podcast. No, the for the TV show. No, 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 no. It's the unofficial but official podcast for the show American Crime. I am one half of the dynamic duo, (laughs) Cully, and this is your girl Jamise. And we, as usual, are back here to talk to you about the show American Crime. comes on ABC on Sundays, 10, 9 central. Uh, you can also catch it on abc.go.com as well. Uh, and I think it, you can also download it from iTunes, iTunes store. And also, if you want to chime in or you have any feedback or ideas that you want to share with us on the show, please email us at flatfoot at crusade.net. Yes, so this is Flatfoot, and we are reviewing season three, episode three. And uh, you said that they, they, I mean, that this season the episodes don't have names, but what are the fans calling this episode? Well, the fans, the net. The netizens, mm-hmm. as they people like to say, mm-hmm. are calling this the Green Motel. Uh-huh. So let's go ahead into the synopsis of what th- this episode, the Green, unofficial, the Green Motel was about. Luis receives important information about his missing son. Coy witnessed a horrific incident. Shay reconsiders her decision to stay in a shelter. Kamar gets difficult personal news. And Jeanette and JD decide to attend a workers' rally. Yes, so that's kind of all of our main characters and what they, a little synopsis, a little little byline of what they've been up to in this episode. So. And first and foremost, a little bit of the background. Um, Director of this episode is Victoria Mahoney. She was born and raised in New York. Victoria began her theatrical training in Shelley Winter's exclusive classes at Actors Studio, eventually withdrawing from years of money gigs and acting to pursue film studies. Victoria developed her debut film fe- uh, feature film, Yelling to the Sky, through the Directors and Screenwriters Sundance Institute Labs and was named Arbach Fellow, Annenberg Fellow, and Center Reach Fellow. Maryland Fellow and IFP Narrative Lab Fellow. I don't know what all these fellows mean. Neither do I, but it's okay. <laughs> Sounds important. I know that usually when you get a fellowship, you get money from the program to do things. So what else has she created besides that? I think it was a movie you said that I've never heard of. Anything else? Well, she started her career as an actor. As an actor. You did say that, yes. An actress. Uh-huh. She starred in Brewster Place back in 1990. She was also part of the hit Showtime show, Red Shoe Diaries. The hit Showtime show? What? Showtime. Showtime. Showtime channel. Yes, cable. Okay, gotcha. Red Shoe Diaries. She was also on the show Sliders, Fox Fox, uh, I want to say Fox 26, but that's Fox 26 is only in Houston. It was a Fox show called Sliders. Okay. And she was also on in Seinfeld and probably the biggest movie that she was in was Legally Blonde. Legally Blonde. Yes. Oh, okay. Then what about as a director? As a director, she directed a few episodes for Grey's Anatomy in 2016 Queen Sugar, also in 2016, a show called Exhale, and her feature film debut, Yelling to the Sky. Yeah, there's that movie again. Don't know what that is. Okay, but cool. So she's got some experience in front of the camera and behind. 
and and writer as always is Mr. John Ridley. So and team, I'm sure. Well, John you know, Ridley and team. <laughs> he puts his stamp on it. Yes, yes. So, what was your opinion of this episode? What did you think? Why don't you go first this time? No, because I ask you. No, but I always go first. So you, I'm asking you, what was your first opinions, Khalif, about this episode? Um, to be honest, a little boring. What? Yeah, a tad bit boring. I mean, not Walking Dead boring, but boring. Uh, I mean, there's no things offense happen- to Walking Dead fans. Hey, I am a Walking Dead fan. I've been here since the Darabont days, but that's not the point. And also Darabon. I read that, oh, he was the original, this is not a Walking Dead show. Oh, the original director. The original director of the oh, first right, six right, episodes right, that right, were right. really good. The That's rest like of the it. the coolest last name. Yeah, I know, Darabont. <sighs> but um, I thought it was boring. Uh-huh. I mean, not because there was talking. It was just kind of like, I mean, the best part of the show was Luis. Like, I felt like I was getting somewhere with Luis. Everyone else was kind of in a stasis. Like. They're stuck in something and like they're w- spinning their wheels in the mud. Mm-hmm. And Kamara, as he said, she got some personal bad news and she's like stuck in the mud, you know? Okay. But that's all I'm saying. Who's I'm, stuck in the mud? All, everyone else, except oh. for Koi and Isaac and Luis. The farm people, they're moving along. Oh. Everyone else, their relationship or life is kind of like slowed. Ah. Oh. Now, that was my opinion. How about yours? Mm, I did not think it was boring, but I was a bit frustrated because I kind of, I really want to find out what happened to Luis's son. And it's driving me nuts that they just won't get to the point. And so even at the point where the, well, later in the, we'll get to that. But when other people were talking about him, how he's this funny guy made everybody laugh. I was like, if he's dead, he's dead. Just tell us already. Gosh, drive me crazy. <laughs> so that was kind of how I felt about that. And um, uh, But overall, I, I did enjoy it. I didn't think it was boring. It was just frustrating. Well, I guess we all have Luis's issues right now. We all want the story to get somewhere. And he's like, tell it, it's me, hijo. Diga me, diga me, me hijo. You know? Mm-hmm. But nah, but that's all good. Um, So who should we start with? I guess Luis. We'll t- okay. We'll do since Luis. We, since we already talked about his frustration. So, sure. So, Luis is moving from farm to farm. He's at the new farm and he's asking questions about his son. And the new guy he's speaking with tells him, you know, basically don't get loud or crazy in front of the farm captains, I guess, the overseers. And he will go around and asking about his son. Well, then he comes around, he asks about his son. He comes to this other farm and they're asking about, um, he was really, he was a good guy. He made everybody laugh, but that was not something that was welcomed on the farm. Uh-huh. <laughs> I guess if you laughing and talking, you're not working. Yes, I guess so. Although, well, anyways, it's ridiculous, but no happiness allowed. Yeah. So then, um, you have... A farmhand named Itzel. Um, I believe she's Native American because she didn't speak Spanish. Cute girl, though. Man, look at those cheekbones. 
and she was holding some baby. I was kind of hoping that, you know, that was his grandson or something. Because somebody explained earlier, like, oh, he was hanging out with Itzel and he got into some trouble. He got in some trouble, right? So I thought it was like, you know, how the old days, oh, he got a girl in trouble. Yeah, I mean. But no, he got in trouble by himself. And so as <laughs> But Luis, she was there. <laughs> and as Luis goes and talks to um, her, she tells him about how they got into some trouble with the farmhand and the farmhand was, um, Luisa Santeo was making her laugh and the farm captain or whatever the hell the the guy was, was like, Oh, you keep over here laughing. I give you something to laugh about or something. Some, some stupid like that. And he got a little rough with her and they pulled the chivalry card. Mm-hmm. And as they pulled the chivalry card, um, the farmhand and his flunkies drag him off. Uh-huh. Wait, what? Yeah, that was it. Did oh, oh what, what Luis saw? Ooh, why are you so loud? Oh, sorry, because I was, like, spaced out. I know. <laughs> yeah, Luis, nothing. I mean, Luis just talked to people. Yes. Yes, he did. But he's closing in. Because if we do you remember correctly, he had um he was like a few months behind, but now he's closed in to like the very last place he was seen. So oh, yeah, sorry. I think that he's now narrowed it down. Yes. Through all of through these first three episodes and we will see. And Kamara kinda has the smallest role in this episode. Um Maybe, I don't know. Would you like to take the role on this one? Um, I'm trying to remember how, how her scene Okay, started. I'll just start. Well, <laughs> then basically, she's talking to the pro football player. <laughs> oh, that was the first time she came on. Yes. Okay, so she's, uh, well, what? No, he wasn't a, what? That's what I'm calling that big swole dude. Okay, <laughs> I, I mean, I don't know what he did, but her ex, who they're now very close friends, and they were discussing, um... You know, what she had asked him in the previous episode about being the sperm donor. And I guess she didn't get the response that she He wanted. just told her that, no, I cannot father your kid. Right. Because he was like, he can have a kid that's out there that he's not taking care of. But he also can't have a kid with her and only be part-time a part of her life. Mm-hmm. Which, and he said, like, you know he can't have a baby with someone he cares about and not be there. Right. And I was like, wow, this is starting to sound like, you know, he still has that, I mean, love. Well, I don't know. Let's take it since, since you're a guy, uh, how do you, I mean, what do you feel about his response? Do you think it was fair or he was unfair or he should reconsider? I mean, because he did say his wife was like, she understands she gets it, you know, so it's not her. So, I, okay, this is a little unfair because many, many moons ago, I had some serious, some similar situation and, um, someone asked you to be their sperm donor. No, I technically kind of was a sperm donor. <laughs> um, but no, no, I'm asking in this situation, you have a very close friend who a long time ago you have dated. Um, I have someone's idea in mind and you can call that person to mind. 
So she comes to you with this thing, and this person is very busy in their life and their their career and everything, and comes to you and asks you for this because they know that you're a good man. Now, being a good man, like this character, would your response be similar, or would you have responded differently? I would have probably chosen, it depends on it, um, this friend, if they're totally busy and their work is all-consuming. Now... The biggest thing I would talk to her about is that child care, your job is very demanding. What are you going to do when you have to like leave in the middle of the night and go tend to a patient or uh, a project or a case or what is it that you, how are you going to do all this on your own? Uh-huh. That is my concern. Oh. Okay. So that's your only concern? I mean, is that, that is primary kid is left without someone. To, I yes, mean, they have 24 hour daycares. They have nannies. So what if that was her response? Well, then I would kind of just take a step back. And I then my second thing would be, I know that I'm the sperm. I know that I will be the donor. But how I mean, since we're really good friends, I mean, what is the relationship like with this kid? Because then that means you and I have a kid together and then you, I mean, like, are you going to have this kid call me uncle Khalif? <laughs> okay. So you, it's you, a weird dynamic. You would right say there. Yes. Honestly, I mean, On condition of what, what are the I don't have any conditions. I mean, it, it'll be her kid. I mean, it's just that she wants my DNA so she can have a kid, but it's your kid. I mean, that's basically what happens. Mm, well, I mean, here, see, this is the whole thing. And that's a relationship. Like, you already have an existing relationship. So, I mean, okay, I guess I'm on the other end, and I'm thinking, I'm thinking like him that he is a good man and he's a good father. Obviously, he's been there for the child that he does have. So I'm thinking that this is a person that he cares about and has a relationship with, this, this, uh, what's her name? Kamara? Kamara. Kamara. And, um, so they're already close and she's asked him. And so technically, even though they don't have sex, they will share this child together. And what am I not supposed to see you in this kid? Like you've been all this time. You're going to make yourself, you know, scarce or something. No Whoa. way. You're like my buddy. And then that kid's like my kid. So, you know, this is something we really are having a child together, whether it's sperm donor or not. Um, we really are having a child together. And that's, <laughs> and, and this is where it gets sticky. so you sticky. would be okay with doing that? No, I mean, it's <laughs> one of those things, like, it's something, if my friend needed that, then it'd be like, okay, well, then, you know, I'm honored. I mean, I would do this to help you because we are friends. Now, the whole thing after that, we would have to do that's what I said. It'll be it'll be on, on more of an ongoing discussion, not just I go put it in a cup and give it to her. I mean, because just like what he said, then there becomes a situation. That's what I was. I brought that up. Like, whoa, how is this kid? I mean, I am the father of this kid, but then I know I'm the father of this kid. Is this kid gonna call me uncle? Like my son calls you, auntie. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's a really a really interesting dynamic at that point. You follow me? And I he just needs that you. I just think he needs that cleared 
he needs that cleared up. There's no way to clear it up because this is a human life. And so, I, I mean, it's okay. This is, this is what it boils down to, in my opinion, is the simple fact is this. She can get sperm from a bank. Like, there are, you know, and fine, whatever. And I'm sure he'll still be a great friend. And him and his wife will help her with child care and being a part of that kid's life, just like she's been a part of their son's life. No problem. No weird strings attached, right? Right not. You know what I mean? But she's asked him for this specifically because she's a, he's a good man. Now, think about it logically. She knows he's a good man. She knows he's a good father. So what she really wants, what she really wants is to have a child with someone that she cares about, that she knows will be supportive of her. That, But she won't admit that that's what she really wants, and time is running out according to her her biological clock. So that's the truth of the matter. Those are the facts. And Khalid, you can paint it however you like. Oh, I hope my friend. No, because there's a reason why a friend would come to a friend about that. I understand that. It's not going to be clear cut. It's not clear cut. (laughs) And that's why you you cannot, you, no person should be in that donorship unless they're basically both single. It is lonely what she wants to do. And and she said that it's lonely and she's and the reason why she's lonely and she's desiring a family is because she doesn't have a partner. The person and he did say that that's why they didn't work out because she was never there. Exactly. And so his concern is also for the same thing. She hasn't really changed that much and he's trying to do it as nice as he can be. But he's like, your lifestyle does not permit you to have all this time to devote to raising a child, which I know about a lot because I've been raising mine. So it's just a different kind of thing. And just be realistic about this. You want to do it by yourself, but you can't do it by yourself. And he's trying to tell it and she takes it offensively, but I agree with this. It's like my issue. Oh, I totally all agree with single him. single parents who just decide to just do it. You know, it's one thing to, you know, life happens and you're not together with your significant other. Well, let me say it like this. Do it on your own and then expect for it to be like, I don't think kids get enough attention when they're in that kind of situation. Well, let me say it like this. Um, A few, a year plus ago, my sister was watching this movie called The Single Moms Club. Mm -hmm. And I thought this was the worst. I mean, I understand the point of the movie. Last episode. Oh, maybe, but I'll mention yeah. it again. And if I did, people, please email me and let me know at flatfoot at crusade.net. Yes. Now, the thing is, I thought the movie wasn't that great of a movie because the one woman in the single mom, like there, all the other women were single moms based on some circumstance. This one chose to be a single mom and do it all by herself. And her kid was kind of lashing out and being angry but i think it's possible i don't want to down women or men who choose to be parents on their own oh i'm not because saying a lot that. of them do have family support no 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 but this one very important but this woman she lived in new york you didn't hear about that she had extended family she, she was a part of this she, she was a part of this group as her extended support and that's what kind of bothers me because if you, I don't know a lot of people who know about this, but I've researched this a lot because I consider becoming a mom, like when I was younger, my route to motherhood was going to be through adoption. So I did like a lot of research and a lot of reading. And when you are a single parent trying to adopt, 
they do check to make sure that you do have family connections and all of these things that you have that support system set up that you're not really doing it by yourself. And to me, if they request that for adopting another human being, that should also be something to consider when you're having a human being, because you still are going to need that support, whether your child is biological or adopted. Just my two cents. So I think in this situation, I'm totally on his side and he's right to say it and he's doing it in the nicest way possible. So he's a really good person and he's a really good friend. And unfortunately, she's going to have to set that his answer is no. And I totally agreed with him and I wasn't against anything that he said because I point like as watching this little the thing, this little part develop. Mm-hmm. You see that she's busy and she has to run around and helping the children of the world. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, what about the you're by yourself? What are you going to do with this kid? And you got to run off in the middle of it. You got to go be Batman. That's why Batman is still single. <laughs> mm-hmm. But I digress. But no, I mean, part of me, as I said, but since you're asking me as a good man, I would want to. But I would then ask the same and present the same issues to her unfortunately you won't that decision will not be up to you so you're good to go on that front (laughs) no i'm not i'm not kidding at all i'm dead freaking serious i don't know what you're talking about that if someone came i just i i tell them for you no my husband doesn't my husband doesn't have children with other people but we will definitely support you in other ways that we can. Well, he did offer to And I know, will help you adopt. <laughs> he did offer to give her a loan to help her keep going through the treatment. That is true. And that's exactly what he thought she was asking for in the beginning anyways. So. Oh, I kind of figured that because in the last episode, he came, he seemed to be taken by surprise. Of course. It's too intimate to have. It's, it's too, too intertwined. And I'm sorry. No. I can see, let's say if she did like... As your wife, I'm the only one who gets to have your children. That's how it goes. That's how it goes. That's that's the choice we make when we get married. Mm. Now his wife was nice about it, but... I'll be nice about it, but the answer is no. I was kind of hoping to see that conversation. My body. <laughs> oh, chill out. Not that crucial. <laughs> but as we move... All the women out there are like, oh, really? Your man having kids with somebody else? Huh. <laughs> No, it's not. It's me donating my sperm. I didn't put my thing in anybody. It does not. It's that's not what it's about. Honey. Yes, you it keep is. It, down to sex. it is. No, it is. Because a, about... a sexual encounter will last. I don't know a few hours or whatever. But a child lasts a lifetime. Hello, that's a lot more. That's that's too much. That's too much. There are many many a woman who has forgiven her her husband of stepping out, but very few will accept their bastard children. Hello. I'm, I'm telling the truth. I'm telling the truth because it is, it, these are facts. Facts. Well, we're going to move on from this one because <laughs> nobody, I cannot be right. And I'm not even, and I'm How in the, hold on. Right on this one? Cause I'm not even saying I would do it. I just said, yes, you would. You no, said you would consider it. I said, just like he did, just like he did. All he did was like, I'll give me a few days to talk about it. And then he came up with a, a worthy argument. He figured she deserved the time. Exactly. Okay, but we'll keep. And I would do the same thing to any of my female friends. Mm, 
okay, so if a guy comes to me and he wants my DNA, you know, to make a beautiful kid, because I was a well, if his wife adorable baby. Well, if his wife. <laughs> no, he's not married. He's single. Well, I mean, that's kind of stupid, because then I'd be like. He want to be okay, so okay, just like her. He want to be a single well, would, daddy. Well, then I would say, well, he then you need to go find. Well, <laughs> I would say this, honey, cut out one of your eggs. <gasps> um, give it to the woman, whatever woman he decides to be the surrogate, and let him have it. Uh huh. Because then he can never come back around. But he can, cause he gonna be bringing my, he gonna be bringing no. Jimmy's Junior. Nope. And I love Jimmy's Junior. Girl, you you don't even know what Jimmy's Junior is, so chill out. She be Jimmy's Junior. <laughs> and um, so we're gonna skip um Coy and Captain Isaac's story because I want to hold that to the end. Okay. Um, Shay had another short encounter in this episode. You find out that her pimp is arrested. Or has we been arrested? Already, we already knew that from the previous. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, he was I totally arrested missed that. When, when they brought her in. Yes. Oh, I thought they were... Oh, okay. Yes. Sorry, I missed that. Okay, He's just... In prison. That's why they, they said the they need her to, to... Ooh, pardon me, people. Mm-hmm. Pardon you. So, yeah, so Shay is now in the shelter. Uh, yeah, we see her doing chores and... Giving urine samples and cleaning. making sure she stay clean. And then she's at um, she's going group through therapy, the group therapy, and she which mentions, was enlightening, I think, and really sad. It was sad, but I like hearing those stories, their testimonies. Yeah, so she she feels affection for her pimp because he was the first person ever gave her anything. Then we learn what happened to that last pregnancy. I think we were right; we did suspect it was an abortion, but. Her dad's girlfriend made her do it just because she thought she only got pregnant to get attention. Exactly. So, and um, her pimp promised her she'd never have to be on the streets and she wouldn't have to go home. Um, so we know that her mother is not around um, for whatever reason. And her relationship with her dad is really, really bad and probably abusive. What I would think is that they're probably two drug addicts, her dad and her dad's girlfriend, but whatever. Probably. So, <laughs> so um, it did make me, and she th- said that she wasn't keeping this baby, um, but she wishes, and it's not her pimps either, but she wishes that he was not in prison, then maybe they could make a little family because a little family would be nice. And I just, I was like, she just seemed so young and vulnerable at that moment. It's like, you just want to give her a hug. I mean, at least I did. I was like, oh. Oh, I didn't, but I understood <laughs> what was happening. Well, I mean, she's like an orphan, and that sucks. Because here, on the other hand, we have this woman who really wants to be a mom, and we have this guy, her best friend, who we were just talking about, who is a really good dad, and he has a family. And then we also have um, the other dad who's come all the way from Mexico trying to find what happened. I mean, we have all these, like, parent then we have this other that the um Jeanette and she's also very caring and compassionate so we have all these people who are like parental and maternal and this kid out here she's all alone so it to me it's like a a dynamic like we had this kid who's by herself and all these adults who you know I don't know it's sad well I just feel that and well (laughs) so later on as their story finds out like she stole a phone from the meeting she well, I figure 
she was fi- more finders keepers because it fell out the girl's bag, and she just kept it. Well, I mean, I'm only quoting what she said. She yeah, stole it. Yeah, she did it. say she stole it. <laughs> well, I mean, technically she did because she saw it fall out the woman's bag. She could have gave it back, but she did. She chose to keep it. Yeah, that's why I guess she said she stole it. And and so once they and the I guess the I don't want to say the handler of the shelter, but you know the um, the admin found that she had this phone and she just wanted to keep the phone for the camera because it had some good pictures she had taken pictures on it and uh kamara asked what they were and she said just pretty things she sees so and later on you find out that um kamara after receiving her bad news and dealing with her life got a digital camera and gave it to the young lady and told her to hide it hide it well and i thought that was sweet yeah, and it made the kids smile. So there's something, a little connection. Yeah, I like that. Mm. Now let's move on to the family, the farm family. Um, Jeanette was and, Jean, uh-huh. Jeanette is texting these pictures to her husband while he's out working. Mm-hmm. He's talking to her, and he's like, "Stop sending me these pictures." <laughs> Then, but she's worked herself up. And at one point, you know, she's talking, talking, and it's really quiet on his end. And she's like, hello. And I was like, did he hang up on her? I was like, what a jerk. But he didn't. He just got really quiet and um, was like, I don't know why you do this to yourself. And so she just keep trying to say um, something needs to happen because those are people that work for the farm. Right. We should do something. It's right. like, but it's not our responsibility because they're not on our property. Right. But you know about this. You know about their living conditions. You know, and then you do nothing. Mm-hmm. And he's like, "What are we? He's like, what are what we are supposed you, to? Yeah, do? what are we supposed to do?" But then um, he decides he talks to his mom or his sister, whoever those other two people are. His mom and his brother, I think, about what could be done. And he tells JD tells Jeanette later that you know they're going. No, JD is the brother. Oh, okay. Yeah. What I don't hell? know what Jeanette's husband's name is. Okay. Husband. <laughs> Mr. Jeanette. <laughs> yeah. Um, he tells her that they're gonna change policies and check with their contractors more and um that's it. But Jeanette keeps pushing it because she's like, Well, I can help. Let me help. Let me do something because mm-hmm. all she does is garden and attend the parties. Yes. And she seems really bothered by this. Exactly. So he sets it up that she can help. So she goes to see JD um, at work. And he looks a mess. He does. He looks like he's been drinking already. Yeah. And he's like, this is the first time it happened. And it's been happening off and on since he's been a small boy on this farm. Mm -hmm. And he doesn't know really what to do. And he says it should be him running the farm. And and not his sister. Not the mom or... He didn't say not anyway, just said it should be him. And then Jeanette said, is it because maybe you're an addict? I know addiction when I see it. I know the signs, which remember, her sister is a recovering addict. Yes. And, um, but somehow she convinces him, because he looks like he does feel remorseful about this, and he doesn't think it should still keep happening. So somehow um, we see them at the end at a workers' rally. 
uh, farm, farm workers. And then they're together listening to this um, farm worker uh, talk about what's been going on. Now, this is probably the heaviest part of this episode because it's, it's really like intermingling and why it's called the Green Motel. No, oh, not, well, not why. We're going to get to that part. So let's hold oh, no, no. off on this. We're, we're going to pause at pause on the workers meeting and go back to backwards, backwards, backwards to Koi and what are you calling him? Um, well, Captain Isaac is uh-huh. the long-haired, weird-looking one with the weird mustache. Right, right, right. But the one who keeps saying that white bitch, I forget what his name is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but I'm talking about that that scenario because Koi starts out, Koi has gone to the farm early and he's working and he sees something. Well, the scene opens up. You see this woman, she's just laying on face into the dirt mm-hmm. and she just seems like someone's pushing her. And Koi is up standing up and the rude captain of the farm comes up. Uh, call him boss. That's what they call him. Farm boss. He's a yeah. boss. Farm boss gets mm-hmm. up and he comes out of the dirt and he just looks Fixing all weird. his clothes, zipping his pants. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Fixing himself. Mm-hmm. And he looks really weird. And he sees Koi, and he kind of starts to look really nervous. Then we fast forward, Koi and Captain Isaacs, Captain Isaac, they're talking, and he pulls up and like, hey, what are you and that white bitch talking about? Um, but before that, they had a conversation about addiction. You're fast forwarding. Oh, we'll, I don't we'll remember that. that well, why don't you say that? Because I okay. don't remember that. So I'm just, I know everyone else saw it, but it was really interesting to me that Koi was talking about how many times he died. And so, uh, so he's, he's talking about, he thinks he's died like five times. So he's OD'd, but he's literally died that many times. And, you know, they, they started to do drugs by the firehouse to make sure that there was someone there to kind of revive him. And that was their big kick. Or whatnot, but then Isaac gets upset because he says, "Oh, you know, black people die, Hispanic people die, you know, but white guy is like, oh, let's save his life or whatnot." So that was kind of just showing more of the have and the have-nots uh, situation, and you know what it's like to be privileged, I guess. And so he said the funniest thing, Koi was like, well, what is so bad about your life or whatever? What have you tried to overcome? Because he claims he's trying to overcome his addiction, but he's not really trying that hard. And that kind of was like ironic. It's kind of like, really? Uh, you're, we're, we're, we're playing. What's, what's that game where people play like you who's had up. it worse? <laughs> so that that happened. And, and so... And then I guess we fast forward where they're talking. It shows them talking, and then he's like, "Hey, what are you and that white bitch talking about?" That's boss, boss, boss farm wants boss. to know because he's farm nervous. Boss is nervous because Koi witnessed him, and we didn't even say it. he was raping one of the farm workers, and that's what Koi saw. And so now farm boss is worried because Koi is white, and Koi, and if he says something, it's going to be believed, right? So he's like, "Oh my God, is he going to tell on me?" So the whole, so for the rest of the episode or every time the show comes or there, this part of the story appears, he is ruthless, 
against i mean he's just being totally uncalled for hard mm-hmm. on koi mm-hmm. like there's this one koi comes back he has like his bucket and it's filled with tomatoes and he's like hey isaacs come here look at this he can't pick he can't do anything but get high and he's like and he's always like basically calling him out in front of the other people and captain isaac have to save face mm-hmm. and he's like so he can't pick so he tells him to put his bucket down of tomatoes and he kicks it over and he says pick it up pick it up so he every time koi fills the bucket he kicks it over and he does it one more time and koi's like no i'm not doing it this time <laughs> and he stands up against big balls right big balls gives him a world-class backhand like a pimp Knocks him to the ground. Koi's like, you're not going to do anything. You're not going to say anything. You're not going to stand up for me. And Captain Isaac is stuck between he a rock and a hard place. Me. He's like, just stand up to him. You can't even stand up to him. That's what he says. Well, because, well, I say it's for him because, you know, he is Isaac's worker. Mm-hmm. But the big boss is over everybody. But Isaac is like, hey, man, you chill out on my, my workers, man. But he doesn't. But but, and as an analogy, this is like pimp talk. The pimp is in training, so the mat, the big pimp, the big dog is like, hey, you tell your bitch to get your stuff together, and you know, and if this is the guy that you are being trained by, you don't want to go against him, because he's the one who's training you, and you don't want to lose your status in the eyes of the pimp. So what do you do? You beat your hoe, <laughs> which is what Captain Isaac did as Koi walks away. This, I felt bad for Koi because he did nothing wrong. But the captain and Koi knows his place, too, because he knows he needs the job. He's stuck in a rock and a hard place. If he doesn't have this job, he needs the money. And granted, it's a shit job because I definitely don't want to do it. I don't um, think anyone wants to do it. I mean, I mean, this is the kind of job I would give um, prisoners, basically. That's pretty much what they are. Um, I would make them go do this for like pennies on the dollar, or like you know those juvenile delinquents and bad them teens that they need discipline. Mm-hmm. Make them go work on a farm, pick cotton, pick I tomatoes. Know, really, they should do like a semester on the farm. You want to keep acting up in school? Then then let's go go work the farm. I mean, that's what I would do. And then after that, they'd be, please, I want to go back to school. Right? But, you know, (laughs) that's not how it is. Instead, they enslave people from third world nations. And he gets big balls and decides to walk off. And Isaac jumps in his truck. And I'm like, oh, maybe he's going to pick him up and take him somewhere and talk to him. But no, he gets out and beats him. Mm -hmm. He beats his bottom bitch. (laughs) I mean, I know you keep relating to pimping, and it makes, I guess, it makes laugh some sense. Or something, but it does make me laugh. It's not, it's not like a ha 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 laugh. It's more like a, damn, this is so. I've seen. I mean, okay, guys, for those who don't know, Khalif, um, I grew up in a not not of the best neighborhoods. I mean, I did move out of there at when I was a teenager, but you know, I knew some nefarious people. I knew some people that were actual pimps. I understand, but I don't think he's so much worried about losing face except by losing his position. 
because well, uh, losing Isaac used is to losing. be a farm worker, and now he's kind of moved up. But yes. if he can't control he's the gonna people get bumped that down. work for him, he's going to have to go back to being a farm worker. And that is not what he wants to do. No, exactly. Captain Isaac is in his own his his own problem. Right. And he and this is what I mean. He has to save face with Big Boss to show that he can handle this. And the Big Boss is unnecessarily hard on him because he doesn't want that white kid on the farm. I mean, because you can't get over on the white kid. I mean, <laughs> we all know about privilege. Well, you can't make him disappear like we think he has done to Luis's son, Taylor. Well, hold on on speculations, because we're going to get into that. Mm. So, and that was basically the end. Uh, oh, and that is the end of the episode with Jan- Jeanette and JD going to the farmer's rally. Yes, but I wanted but to mention. But we did see someone at, uh, on the farm. Who is that? Luis, but I wanted to mention how the show finished because I really thought that was a strong finish when he was saying, you know, the high cost of the things that we have. And he's like, you can be a lot of things, but you can't be ignorant. So I kind of, that just kind of sits with you. And then it just goes black. So it's just kind of like, you know, <laughs> there. what we've seen all during the episode is the high cost of the things we take for granted. Yeah, so remember, when you're trying to get that ripe tomato, who picked it? Yeah, I was like, I don't like tomatoes that much. We we went back to the States and was going to grow my own tomatoes. <laughs> yeah, I mean, my grandmother, she grew her own chilies, her own tomatoes, her own potatoes. I mean, she has her own farm. Yeah, you know, Houston's good for it. So I can have my my little plot in the backyard um, of things that we eat a lot of. But um, I mean, Koreans make stuff grow in a rocky mountain. I mean, I'm pretty sure we can grow on flat swamp land. <laughs> yeah, hopefully. So that. Well, let's go ahead and get speculations? into speculations. So uh, a lot of you guys on Facebook have, you know, hit me up, talk to me and thank you guys for all the suggestions. Um, I would love to get your comments, but if you email the show, it'll, it'll go by much smoother. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is flatfoot at crusade.net, and that is crusade with the K. So, speculation. Um, Luis, I believe that Luis, he's he's doing reconnaissance on this farm. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's all the same farm. I guess it was all the same farm, but different sections No, of no, it. no. They were different farms. Okay, so now he's right. on the farm because... Back at the farm he started off at. Because talking about um, Itzel, saying that basically the farmhand took him away... And I believe that the guy that was being a douche is Big Boss. This is what I'm suspecting. I'm speculating on. And you're going to find out that the body that was found in the river from episode one is tail. Because the Big Boss, who's a douche, made him disappear. Ah, well, I'm going to be more hopeful, and I'm going to say that the young man that we saw at the very beginning of uh, episode one of season three, who was working the streets, I want to believe that that's Teo. So so Teo would have a cousin somewhere in the States? Uh, what? No. Well, because think about it. The pimp 
of the little pretty boy from episode one said his cousin was pimping him out. I was going to say something funny. You about to call me a hoe, weren't you? No, I wasn't. Hookers, they tell lies. They tell lies. How many hookers do you know? Hookers lie. How many hookers do you know? I don't know. Oh, but I know some hookers. They're afraid of a heated clothes hanger. (laughs) Okay, guys. If you don't know what I'm talking about, look at the movie called The Mac. Um, it's an old seventies black flotation film. I loved it because please don't. It it was a fun. It, there were some parts that are funny. He's like, like the girls like, no. I love you back, and she's like, no. I don't have no same group of feelings for you too, baby. <laughs> okay, but enough about the pimp stuff. But I really believe that this is the way Isaac, or not Isaac. Uh, his boss is treating us like he's the pimp. These are his prostitutes. And all they need to do is work for him. Make that money. You better go out there in the rain and you better go out there and make my money and no raindrop better hit you. <laughs> so, yes. Um, any other speculations? No. Wow, those sound defeated. <laughs> Just have no oh. response. Well, fine. On that note, I am your boy, Khalif. And I'm your girl, Jamise. Thank you all for listening to Flatfoot and check in next week. Mm-hmm.